live from Tully's. Two seconds to go. McNamara. It's good! This is... Jerry Mack drops one on G-Town! Wait a minute. The Jerry McNamara Show. We're here at Tully's on Erie Boulevard and on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Alongside the coach, Jerry McNamara, I'm Seth Goldberg with you up until 8 o'clock. And then we'll hand it off to Alan Griffin and Stephen Fonte. So a double dip of coaches' shows here on a Tuesday night. Uh, coach, before we get into the basketball, do you ever get tired of, of hearing the highlights that are that are in the open or watching the highlights? <laughs> not, when it, not when it pertains to Georgetown. No, <laughs> never. I'm, I'm sure those, uh, those, it must take for, uh, a million plays before those things get old. Uh, but I did want to get to some of the stuff on the court, obviously. And you play an exhibition game and, and you get a nice, healthy win uh, against the College of St. Rose, 80-49. to 49. Um, And I guess the, the biggest question I've got is, as somebody who is not involved in a, in a basketball program and, and hasn't been, what do you guys take away from a game like that where – you know, physically, you should be bigger and faster and stronger than the opponent, but you have to go out there and do a job. A lot, you know. I, I think one of the things too is obviously you saw us, you saw us work on some of our full court pressure. Um, you know, and, and everybody's going to try to attack it differently than we would simulate it in practice. You know, it's not like we had prior scouts against St. Rose, and uh, so it gave us a little bit different look of when they bring four guys up. How are we going to defend that out of the pressure? Uh, early on, they they defended everything in our man-to-man with switches, you know. So they tried to blow up all ball screens and just try to keep people in front of us. I think that's why early on, it took us a little bit of time to get an offensive rhythm, um, because when you do switch, ultimately what you're doing is blowing up a, a set. Uh, so so you're you know then you have to exploit a mismatch or or take a guy off the bounce and create a play and uh, you know it took a minute for us to get our feet wet. I think. You know, one of the things that I really wished we had done was, I mean, obviously we, I don't know what the rebound margin was. I think it was plus 15. I think it was either plus 15 or plus 17. We out-rebounded them. Uh, But we only had 12 offensive rebounds. I think against a team like that, you know, we're we're looking around the 18-20 offensive rebound a game. That's where we want to be. But the big thing is when you switch like that and you settle for long jump shots, you're always in defensive rebounding position, meaning they're they're keeping us in front and we're shooting jumpers. So early on, we didn't do a great job of, of really attacking the paint and, and getting to the rim and putting pressure, but we did get to the free throw line, so we kind of offset that. So uh, when we did get in there, we were able to get fouled, but we take a lot. You know, we take a lot of, of, of you know, these exhibition games because – you know, I, I think Elijah Hughes said it best. You know, and you and I talked about it prior to the game. Is is these guys are sick and tired of going against one another? You know, Elijah said we were joking the next day in practice. It came off like <laughs> I'm sick and tired of beating up on Tyus and O'Shea every day. You know, I was like, dang, you know, you just coming into practice and, and whooping up on Tyus and and and, and O'Shea in practice, huh? And he's like, what? what? I didn't I didn't mean it like that. You know, but he's right. You know, he I don't think he meant it that way, but he's right. In the sense of, you know, these guys want to go out and play against a different opponent. And, um, you know, I, I, I've done this thing over the years called the accountability chart with the guards. And uh, Ben Horowitz, who's our graduate assistant, he does a great job because Benny worked uh, as a manager, a student manager before the graduate assistant. And, you know, one of the things that I worked on with Ben was understanding how to grade the guards on their defensive performance. And, uh, you know, by doing this over the years that I, I created this when I was a grad assistant, I found out that when we can defend the position at 70% or, 
or better. You know, usually when we're in that 75% range of 75% of all of our responsibilities of every situation in the entire game, if you could defend at a 75% rate, we're, we're like almost impossible to beat. But if you're 70 or better, you know, we're usually on the win column of that. And, and this is just guards, you know. So uh, where I was really pleased is, is for the first game, we were at 69% uh, as a group. And uh, I'm happy with that. I'm happy early on that we can defend it uh, that consistently. I want to be in that 75 percentile range because when we defend at that level, we're elite. Uh, I think we have that type of capability. Uh, we've proved that in stretches last year. But you're adding in different pieces. Obviously, Buddy's a fresh piece, and Jalen didn't get a chance to play. But uh, he's a fresh piece. Elijah Hughes, uh, you're adding in the mix as well. So I was really happy with that. Um uh, you know, we got a lot from, you know, I think the most we got from was, was like I alluded to in the start, was the pressure. Uh, the 2-2-1 that we ran, and when they brought four up, it got us out of our alignment a little bit, and how did we react to that, you know? And uh, so we were able to go back and, and watch the film and say, if we do it this way, we think we can, you know, when we recognize this type of, of you know, offensive press break, you know, we could counter with this. So uh, we, we take everything from, from uh, you know, we take something from everything we do. And, and exhibition games are as valuable as anything we'll do all year. You know, something else that, that you had mentioned with the guards and this defense, you said the 75% uh, capacity as, as far as their defensive responsibilities. Given the experience on this team and given how good they were defensively last year, what do you see as as the possibilities for this team defensively? Because by especially by the end of the year, and it was good all season long, but especially by the end of the year, it seemed like this thing was really clicking. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. You know, it, it's hard to say. Um, I'm I'm very intrigued at the fact that I thought in stretches last year we were the best defensive team in the country. Um, and when you return all those pieces, I mean, it's hard for you to sit there and say we're not going to be as good or better. Um, that's what we are striving to be you know we want to be better than we were last year um you add in you saw elijah hughes the first two points of the game where elijah hughes shooting a gap and getting a steal for a dunk um i i've said before the first exhibition game i think elijah hughes can be in the top five in the league in steals per game um o'shea Brissett is going to be hands down a top rebounder in our league pascal chuku will be hands down a top shot blocker in our league so um and then you add in the fact that we have long, rangy guards uh, that can cover 12 to 15 feet of space and, and you know, the snap of a finger. So uh, we have the pieces. Uh, do we defend the position disciplined? Uh, that's that's where the accountability comes in as far as how we grade. You know, did I think the common misconception is people try to get steals and, and, and all these things by gambling. When When... When we stick to the principles of what we do as far as what we're taught, that's when we get our steals. That's when we get our deflections. Um, so it, it's, it's very, you know, I'm very, very optimistic of, of where this team can be defensively. Obviously, we weren't a great offensive team last year, and we had that as our crutch. We were there every night on that end. Um, so we need that. We need that to be a, a great team. Um, because I, I think it's undeniable we, we will be a better offensive team this year, uh, but you need to continue to progress and be better every night on the defensive end because that's the thing when it matters most. Regardless of what you're doing on the offensive end, can you hang your hat on something every night that's going to be your staple? And, and you know, we've proven time and again when, when we are hanging our hat on that end, uh, 
uh, we could beat anybody on any night. You know, you mentioned the offense earlier, and, and you said that St. Rose was switching and, and blowing up ball screens, um, and, and that maybe took you out of your rhythm a little bit. And, and I was curious, uh, that obviously seems to be a factor. How much of a factor was it that Tyus had to slide over and he was playing the point, and, and it wasn't somebody who uh, might be more comfortable in that role? Well, I don't think it was much. You know, maybe it wasn't Tyus's mind, but uh, in our mind it wasn't. You know, the, the way I, I've, I've kind of worked with these guys over the years, I teach every, you know, it's a combo position in, in our system. You have to be able to play with it in your hands, and we're going to teach you how to play with it when it's not in your hands. So uh, it might have been a little bit. I mean, Tyus Battle is, is an attacker. You know, he's a go. You know, he's a green light, go get it. Uh, pure scoring guard. Um but his capability with the basketball in his hands is scary as well. So, um, you know, when was the last game he had six assists? You know, never. <laughs> so, you know, it was nice to see that. Now we got to piggyback the idea of, hey, by the way, you're one of the best offensive players we've ever had here. So um, a little bit, I, I think, is a little bit of an adjustment, obviously. And then Buddy playing, you know, in his first game gets the start, you know, with, with kind of how the roster's been, um, you know, situated with injuries. So, I think Ty was the one guy, you know, you know, he, he looked at me at one point on the bench and said, man, I'm over. And I looked at him and said, trust me, you're the least of our worries. Don't worry about that. You know, so um, and then he goes out and after a little rest, he goes out first play, he gets in and makes a layup. So, um, you know, trust me, Ty's battle isn't going to play that poorly offensively. But again, I think he had six assists and he might have had no turnovers. I don't know if, if that's accurate. I, it feels like the game was a decade ago just with with watching it three times and. Uh, going through practice since, but um, I believe he had six assists, no turnovers. Uh, six, and uh, the box score has two. Oh, it was Close. wrong. It's terrible <laughs> on my part. So, you know, it, it's the the fact that he's so good offensively, but now that you give him the opportunity, it could be a good thing. It could be a good thing in the long run. He made a great play today in practice where, uh, you know, he, he had the ball in the right wing and rejected a pick and roll and knifed right through the defender and 90 degree ripped and got back to the middle of the paint and whipped it out to O'Shea for a wide open three you know so just the you know the it's exciting for us the evolution of his game you see him as this elite scorer who can create his shot whenever he wants and and now you start to see the evolution of getting into the paint and starting to make reads for other people to help other people as well because of his gifts offensively he could get to wherever he wants to go now it's about making the basketball read it's about finishing a little better he had three we talked about that a lot he had three finishes around the rim that we need to improve you know we talked about how we can improve um so we've worked on that this week um so as good as he's been and as good as we've been as far as the defensive side of the ball and uh, as good as tyus has been and, and making big shots in his career you know, you're always striving to, to take that next step and to get better, and the good thing is we have a group that wants to do that. You bring up Buddy Beheim and, and I know we talked about him last week, and, and you, when you're starting to notice him as, as a legit player and, and a guy who could play at this level, um, and, and obviously everybody knows his ties to the program and, and all of that, what was it like to see him go out and do that in, in his first game and get out there and, and look comfortable and, and look like he, you know, fit right in from, from the jump? Yeah, I, you know, I... It's funny. I, I I was thinking about my first game, and I, I think I took four shots in my first game, and uh, was just trying to, to you know <laughs> just fit in and 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 figure it out. And my man comes out and just starts stroking, going off the bounce, you know, no fear. Um, 
you know, I've said it before. He's got. We watched Clay Thompson go for what fifty some points last night. Right. Fourteen threes. He's got that high, beautiful release point. Um, he's 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 an elite of the elite. So uh, this kid's a, you know he's he's a stud. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's worked he's worked to get to where he is. You and I talked about this last week. You know, I've I've been around a lot of people. He's worked as hard as any of them um, to come out in your first game. I. You, know, you got to give him a lot of credit. You know, it's it's you. I can't relate to that. You can't relate to that. You know, the pressure of being coach's son, um, the pressure he puts on himself to perform, uh, to to be able to have one day have a chance to play at the level that he's playing at, at right now. And he comes out first game, and it was like it was nothing. He came out as as cool as the other side of the pillow. You know, just like he wouldn't practice. So um, it's exciting to me to watch a guy that capable offensively as a shooter to come out and feel confident uh, because anytime you have a shooter that's confident, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. And uh, when we were kind of hitting a skid offensively there in the first half, the one guy that was coming out and was Buddy, you know, and, and kind of eased the pressure. And all those other guys started rolling a little bit. So and then E started getting going. O was doing his thing. Ty was getting the free throw line. So, um, you know, I was impressed. I was impressed. I was impressed that he came out with that mentality. I'm not, I'm not surprised that he made shots. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really impressed that he came out as, as comfortable as he was. You mentioned the, the shooter who feels comfortable and how dangerous that is. And I, I know that the, the saying, the phrase is the basket looks a little bigger. You're a shooter. Is, is that, is that legit? It, does it, does it really look a little bigger? Does it feel a little easier to hit those when you're feeling good? Yeah. You know, sometimes you just, you're shooting it really well. You know, sometimes you're just shooting it really well. And, and, when you get confident and you get a little bit of time, the the confidence that you have pre-shot, you've already willed it in. You know, you've already told yourself he's not close enough. You've already made the shot. You know, I think that's what's scary about elite level shooters is uh, once they see a few go down, you're you're never close enough. And if you're too close, I'm going to go by and make a play. And and you know that's that's you know been kind of the the you know. Over the years, it's it's what I've seen Buddy evolve with the most is the ability to put it down. Um, he was always a great shooter. Now he's putting it down. We saw him go off the bounce, pump fake, go one dribble pull up, two dribble pull up. Uh, we saw him go freeze. He gets in the lane and finishes to the right side in the in the in the exhibition. So, uh, yeah, man, it's it's a dangerous thing when you see a few go in. You know, the term is you know you throw it in the ocean or the basket gets bigger or. You know, whatever it is, it's just when you're an elite level shooter and you see a few go in, there's never a defender that's close enough. And if they're too close, you're already by them. We've got plenty more to get to up until 8 o'clock here on the Jerry McNamara Show. If you'd like to join the show, call us 315-437-7644 or submit questions on Twitter at Seth Goldberg 17 at ESPN Syracuse. Let's take our first time out. We're back after this with more on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. Back here on ESPN Radio and live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. We are rolling until 8 o'clock. And the Alan Griffin Show coming up on ESPN Radio then. The B team. Do you, do you have any, any tips? <laughs> Anything you want Stephen Fonte to ask Alan Griffin on the Alan Griffin Show? What color golf tee do you use when you play golf? All right. We'll have we'll we'll have to have Steve ask ask uh, Griff that one coming up later on tonight. Um, 
if you're a football fan who's listening and, and has not seen yet, the new college football playoff rankings came in, uh, and Syracuse is at 19th in the country. So that is awesome. uh, that is certainly exciting. Uh, I, I saw you were at the game. What did you think Saturday? How did you enjoy it? Cardiac use, baby. It's cardiac <laughs> use. I know, I've heard people say that about us. It was no different on uh, on Saturday night and the week before against North Carolina as well. So, man, it's it's been really fun to watch this this group play. You know, the last few years have been really exciting. Obviously, the offense is is uh, you know a treat to watch. But the Domas, I remember the LSU game a few years ago. I think Leonard Fournette. Yep. Um, that was the closest I had seen. I've been there for a lot of games. That 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 was the best environment I've been in for a football game. Uh, it was terrific. You know, I forty thousand, uh, energetic, excited. Every third down, people were on their feet. I've never stood more at one of the games I've been at. Honest to God, you know, it was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It was a great home field. I was very happy for the kids. I was very happy for that program. Um, you know, I think we've been very fortunate as a basketball program to see some of the the crowds and, and some of the games that we've got to experience. That must have been a great experience for the players um, to play in front of a crowd like that who were excited to, to win against a quality opponent like NC State. By the way, who their quarterback slings it. But our guy's pretty good, too. Dungey put on a show. Uh, DeVito's obviously really good. Um, so there's a lot of things that we can really feel good about, you know. But to come in at 19, I think, um, you know, it's a true testament to what Coach Babers and, and his staff has done. Coach Lynch uh, is one of my neighbors. Coach Ward is in our neighborhood as well. So uh, very, very happy for those guys. You know, I, I talked about this a little bit with, with Coach Autry last night on, on his show. Uh, do you have a basketball comparison for the uh, the Dino Babers offense? Do you have a, a basketball team that's running up and down the floor and running and gunning? Marshall, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. You know, Dan D'Antoni. Dan yeah, Dan. You know, everybody knows Mike D'Antoni, but Dan D'Antoni, who's at Marshall, his brother. Um, I remember Mello in, in one of the preseason games for the Rockets. He took a pull-up two-pointer, and everybody probably saw the clip. He apologized as he was running. My, my bad, my bad. I didn't mean to shoot a two. You know, but I think D'Antoni's system at Marshall in college is 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 pretty insane from what I hear. Yeah, that that. Uh Hey, the the football program, uh, the offense must be fun. I, I would imagine running up and down and, and jacking up shots. Yeah, that's <laughs> not bad either. It's not a bad way yeah. to play. Coach uh, Q, Coach Q yeah, gets it down on the, his side. They <laughs> they press, they play fast, and they shoot. Yeah, they they definitely do. Uh, getting back to to your team and, and your guys, uh, we talked about Elijah Hughes a little bit in in the first game in the first part of the show, and we talked about him in the first show last week. Um, and, and how he had kind of this itch to get back on the court because he hadn't played in a year in a competitive environment or in a, you know, a game against somebody else. Uh, how do you think he felt after that, that he had finally got to, like, scratch that itch a little bit? Great. You know, I think he felt great. You know, I think it's very hard. You know, I've seen guys, I've seen guys go through transfer years where they have to sit out. I've seen guys go just through a redshirt process. Um, it's so easy for the guy that plays 35 minutes a night to stay locked in and engaged for an entire season. It's much harder for the guy that is looking so far down the road for his chance um, to stay engaged, locked in, to just practice every day, to never see, you know, to never put on display 
what you've worked on. I, I think that's the exciting thing for these guys is they work, 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 and then they finally get a chance to be like, look what I've done. And it's really hard for a guy to just work and just continue to do that and continue to do that and remain as focused as possible when you know that the next game, the guy that's playing 35 the previous night, in three days he's going to be playing it again and you're going to be sitting there watching it again. So it's, it's really, really difficult for those guys to remain focused for an entire season um, because they're looking past it. You know, they're thinking, man, i got to wait another year before I get my chance. Well, I wish this was me. You know, I wish I was the one doing this. You know, that's a hard thing to do. Um, so for, t- for a guy like Elijah, and I've been through it with guys before, I think that's the most important thing is, you know, that's been, that's been some of my – most fun years as a coach you know trevor cooney redshirt michael benajay transfer i get him for a whole year so the day that we're playing a game i'm crushing them just destroying them you know <laughs> as much as you can um because you're trying to build and keep them focused on what the end game is um but yeah it was just nice for for e to all the hard work you know he's playing so much lower uh, shots better um his energy and practice this year um, has gone up a notch because I think of the excitement of knowing this is my time now. Um, I think his sense of urgency on every possession uh, is different this year, um, which is a next step in his development. And, you know, it's it's a hard thing to go through. So to watch a guy go out and have fun and, and have the, the performance that he had in the exhibition, you know, I know he's been waiting a long time to get out there and show what he could do. Because of what you just outlined, where as a redshirt or as a transfer, you're sitting there, you're still able to practice, you're able to go hard, but then at, at the games you're not playing. In a way, is that year more difficult than a guy who's out with an injury? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um I think a guy that's injured has no choice. I think I think someone, you know, it, it depends. I mean, sometimes people transfer because they, they just have to get away from the situation they're in, and, and they're willing to sit that year because anything's better than what they just did. Um, I get that side of it. But I also see the side of a guy like Trevor Cooney who comes in and look at Matt Moyer a few years ago, but Trevor who comes in in, in a loaded backcourt, and any other year he's playing um but you know we think it's best that you you know that you're red shirt because we want you to have the opportunity so um yeah it's it's hard um it's hard because you're fully healthy you know and you want to be out there they're playing the game and guys that get injured you know like howard washington last year um you know he, he would he rather have been the guy that wasn't playing you know, because it was a loaded backcourt and he had a red shirt, you know, or the guy that was like, all right, man, I had my chance, but I just happened to get injured. You know what I mean? So um, it's, 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 it's a little th- easier to accept when you're hurt. I think so. Yeah. You know, again, I've never had to do it. You know, I, I think getting hurt so many times eventually caught up with me with my ankles, but I've never had to sit and watch. And, and um, you know, I know it's got to be difficult on both sides, whether it be the sit out red shirt transfer or injury. 315-437-7644, the number to call if you want to get in with a question or two for Coach McNamara here on the Jerry McNamara Show. Half an hour down, half an hour to go. Let's come back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. Back here live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard, 315-437-7644 is the number to call if you'd like to join the show. 
and get your questions in to Coach Jerry McNamara here on ESPN Radio. Uh, we'll try and get the, the injury stuff out of the way, hmm. but uh, Jalen Carey, uh, we'll start with him. Do you think we see him tomorrow night or, or probably not? I'd say he's questionable okay. on the uh, on the updated injury <laughs> injury reserve report. Uh, and Frank Howard is he still on target to to be back for that opener next week? Uh, we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. We're we're, we're close. Uh, we had a good workout today before practice. Um, continuing to progress since he's been out of the boot, trying to strengthen it. Um, the most important thing, especially with a guy of, of, you know, Frank's experience, is to ease him back in. We're not worried about uh, him coming in and, and being so far behind um, that you have to catch up so many steps. You know, Frank, is he understands. He's been through this. He knows how it works. So um, the big thing with him is getting him back healthy, and uh, we're going to do that at the right pace. And then uh, Howard Washington, he, he gets, uh, he you know, uh, Jim Beheim saying last week he, he was expected to get back on the court Monday. Uh, curious if that was the case. And, and what kind of stuff are, are you able to do with him? I would imagine that's going to be a slow process, getting him back. Yeah, he's 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 been back. He, you know, he's basically, he could do everything except take the hit. Um, I think right now is, is, you know, he's gone full bore as far as speed. Um, I think he's cleared for full contact on Saturday. Um, so he's going to be back in the mix, but he's done everything. You know, he's a great kid. He works as hard as he can, uh, and and he's tr- he's always trying to push the limit of what he's allowed to do. You know, because he wants to be out there. So, uh, you know, we're we're same thing with Howie. You know, the most important thing to us is their health, and um, you know, making sure that we understand their health is the most important thing as far as we want to ease you back into this and not risk any further injury. Um, and and Howard, especially coming off the ACL and. Uh, you know, it's important for us to get him back at the right time. But he's he's progressing nicely, and, and when we get him back to full speed, it's going to be a nice thing to have for sure. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit with Elijah and, and about sitting out the year versus, you know, you're sitting out with an injury, and, and there's nothing you can really do about that. How much do you think Howard is, is you know, chomping at the bit and, and just, you know, maybe a little amped up to, to even be back on the practice court? He, he always is, though, you know, he, a lot, you know, but he – he always is. I mean, the, the kid is, uh, you know, endless energy. He, he just approaches everything with, with complete passion. He's, he's, uh, he's fun to be around. He, um, he's a great teammate, great person, uh, understands it. You know, he understands it's bigger. Um, but that's how he's approached it. You know, he, you know, he's the first person, even in practice when he's not going, uh, to tell Buddy Beheim, hey, Bud, when the ball goes here, make sure you're here. And I'm sitting there like, and I'm halfway walking over to tell Buddy the same thing, and then I, back, <laughs> I backpedal back where I just came from because um, you know, he's, he's always in tune. You know, he, he's always in tune to what's going on. What, you know, I need to be here. I need to get better at this. I need to be here. Oh, we're working on zone. Well, all right, what are the guards? Where are we supposed to be? He, he's just always engaged, and, and I love that about him. And, and um yeah, he's itching. You know, he's itching to get back out there because he's a competitor. Uh, obviously, you have a little bit of sour taste of how you're seasoned in non-contact drill and groups and just planted wrong, and it went, you know, just 
Uh, that, that was my first one, man. That, that was uh, not fun to be around, uh, not fun to watch, especially when you, when you care about the kid. And not to say I don't care about Well, it's okay if another kid but <laughs> if somebody, somebody else. else, you know, but as long as it's not Howard. No, but just to say, you know, you, you know, I, I love the kid. He's awesome. You know, and he, he's everything I want every single student athlete to ever come here through here be. You know, he's he approaches it the right way. So, um you know, we're excited for him to get back healthy and get back out there. You know, you mentioned it with Frank, and, and you feel good about, you know, obviously where he's at. It's his fourth year in the program. He gets it. He knows it. And, and Howard Washington, I would imagine, similar, yeah. not, not to the same extent. Is there any concern with, with Jalen along those lines? Or because of when the injury happened, he, he had already kind of gotten involved in the team? He did, yeah. He, the thing that I was really impressed, I knew coming out of high school, you know, I'd seen him play so many times, especially in the summertime against the best talent in the country in the EYBL, and uh, it's just such a difficult circuit. Uh, I knew he was an elite-level scorer. Uh, his AAU team didn't necessarily have a ton of pieces, um, so I think that was his – it needed to be his most important role for that team to win because they needed to score, and he was their best scorer. There was no other option that was as good as him. So he took a lot of the offensive pressure. Where I thought he was more impressive than anything – was his ability to make plays for other people and his ability to lead. He was always talking. So I had seen a different aspect of his game that I hadn't really seen. So I was really surprised and pleasantly surprised about that. But defensively, he makes plays that you can't teach. He makes plays where he covers two extra feet that I physically can't do that. You definitely can't no. do that. So, you know, he, he just has this knack. He's a graceful athlete. He... Um, I remember one play uh, uh, about three weeks ago. We're in practice, and we're pressing, and a pass goes to the middle of the press, and he rotates from about 17 feet away. And before the pass even hits the, the guy in the middle, it hits his hands, he had already poked it loose. And I remember Coach Beheim was standing next to me, and he turned, and he goes, hey, he had no business even coming close to stealing that ball, <laughs> and he still got it. And I, was, and I didn't say anything, but I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking in my head, how did he even get there? And because he has this knack for cover and gap, he's graceful. Um, and he understands, just like he picked up the offensive side of it, from the ability to run the plays like that, you know, the blink of an eye, um, to picking apart the pick and roll. It's the same thing on the defensive end. You tell him once, and he's usually pretty good at understanding, all right, this is where I need to be. This is how I'm going to make the play out of this. So um, I, I'm not, I, I've been concerned with guys in the past of, as far as the learning curve. Um, Jalen is not one of those guys. I feel very, very comfortable when he comes back. He's going to step right back in and be back in tune. See, you you comment on on the basketball game on on our, uh, my game. You didn't even see us when when we came up to. There's a reason I didn't want to see you guys. I didn't <laughs> did, want to watch. Did Devo did Devo give you the scouting report? Because it was probably just ugly, uglier, and ugliest. We did. Did Eric see it? Uh, he was playing with us. Oh, jeez. He did was, he go for fifty? I got stuck a couple of times trying to. And I, I used the term guard very loosely. Did he take guard it him in transition? Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> Eric Devendorf is the most elite level finisher around the basket that you you can't you can't even teach it. He just has this natural ability. You can't. There's certain things physically that guys there's limitations. I can't go as fast as I can and then all of a sudden stop, euro step and still slow down, control my body, contort it and finish 
off the opposite hand. Eric, he's this. He's it's crazy. He's unbelievable. He's one of the best <laughs> finishers around the basket there is. So if, if he gets an opportunity to get you around the hoop, nothing you could do. Oh no, absolutely nothing you could do about that. Uh, let's take a timeout. We'll we'll transition into some more after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. Back here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. I'm with you for a little while longer here at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. Last chance to get your phone calls in if you'd like to ask Jerry McNamara a question here on the Jerry McNamara Show. Also on Twitter, at ESPN Syracuse or at Seth Goldberg 17. Tomorrow night. Did you just we give get, yourself a plug? Well, because I have my Twitter page open, oh, not the stations. That's so unbelievable. If they, so if they tweet at me, I can oh, relay the question. Yeah, sure. Gaining <laughs> Twitter followers. That is not what I'm trying to do. Uh, but just, yeah, if you, if you have questions, tweet. <laughs> fine, tweet at the station, Period. at ESPN Syracuse, and I, I will find it on my phone or, or something. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow night, we've got the, the game in the Dome against Lemoyne. Uh, what kind of things do you look at? And I would imagine this is very similar to the, the St. Rose game. Yeah. You know, Pat does a good job. And, and, you know, one of the things we obviously have played these guys, so we went back, watched a little bit of that, and just see kind of how they attacked us and, you know, some of their press breaker stuff. So, you know, we have a little bit more of a detailed, you know, very, very vague. You know, I'll, I'll, very lightly I'll say detailed. So, uh, we don't want them to go in there with information overload. We, like O'Shea asked me today, like about their personnel. I said, "Oh, to be honest with you, I don't know a lot about them, and I don't want to." He said, "Why?" I said, "Because I want the same as you. Even as a coach, I want to go in there and be like, all right, how are they attacking us? What can we do to counter it? And we want you guys to play and 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 you know go out and react and 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 be aggressive and." Uh, make some reads uh, without all the knowledge you know so just like the first game what can we take from it to make us better and then obviously when we go ahead you know we're already well you know we're already scouting now they're you know <laughs> no offense to the <laughs> exhibition games but we we're, we're very well ahead and and scouting uh, our opponents coming up for for our, our real game so um we want to go out there with the same mentality as the first exhibition game we want to be able to execute we want to defend at that level that we talked about that above 70 certainly for my group um but go out and share the ball you know we have different pieces this year um we wanted to move and pop and, and be unselfish get in the paint kick out make plays keep guys on the run uh, we're capable of doing all those things so uh it's no different i think you know even the last time we played pat you know he did a lot of different things with the ball screen they went under a lot you know we saw switching in the first game they go under you know sometimes they'll switch they'll play different defenses um, they'll attack our zone very similar to a lot of teams that we'll see all year so we're you know we're excited you know we're excited because we know this game will help us um, we hope that it's not the result we had in 2009 2010 season every time I see Lemoyne you know you always have to think everybody about always brings it up so um, you know hopefully hopefully we become as good as a team as that team was that year I think we were the best team in the country that year and uh, the, the reason we were is because we went from that point to where we were at the end of the year you know we, that team got a lot better um and i think this team has that type of potential we can get a lot better 
when you look at Pat Beeline, uh, and, and obviously coming from the coaching family, how similar is what he does to to what his father John does at, at Michigan? Um, and, and I guess I ask that as you're in the ACC and there's this ACC Big Ten challenge. If you were to play Michigan, would, would it be a help to play Lemoyne to at least get some kind of idea of the action they run? Well, I, I don't think there's any doubt that um, what he does obviously is going to mimic a little bit of what his father does. I, I think, and I haven't broken them down to the point where I know them as well as Michigan uh, because I've had the Michigan scout multiple times since we played them, uh, including the Final Four. Um, but the biggest similarity I see between Pat and, and, and his father is his demeanor. Um, I, I love his demeanor. You know, Pat's always, there's never too high, never too low. He's always in control, and if you look at John Beeline, he's the same way. He's just always in control. He's just cool. You know, he's cool. He's never too high, never too low. Pat's the same way. Um, he's done a terrific job, and, and it's nice to watch a guy uh, doing it in our backyard. And, and Lemoyne, you know, there's a I, majority of the friends that, that I've, I've made in, in Syracuse over the last, you know, 16, 17 years, there's always a connection to Lemoyne, and Lemoyne's our community, so... Uh, it's nice to have, you know, John, his father came from there. You know, now Patrick's following in his footsteps. You saw the success they had last year. It's a good thing for our community, um, and it's a great thing for Patrick. You know, so it's it's nice to have him here in town and uh, having the success he's having. You, you certainly, uh, you mentioned that opener uh, next week against Eastern Washington. Uh, how much have you started to look at them, and, and we aren't going to talk before then. What, what would you expect out of them, you know, coming up next week? Well, they... You know, they coach Coach Griff, who's the B squad, coming up next, <laughs> can answer can answer a little bit of that. Griff's Griff's been working on Eastern Washington. Uh, a few things I can tell you is they lost their their top scorer from last year, who did kind of a little bit of everything. Um, they actually played against Hop early in the season last year and took Hop uh, Hop's Washington team down to the wire. So we. I had a conversation with Hop about a month ago about them. Um, so, you know, I know him and Griff have spoken more recently about it. Um, you know, so the one thing that, 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 that I love of how we do things is we all do individual scouts, but prior to going into, even though you have the most knowledge about the scout, prior to going into the practices leading up to the game, you're informing me. We're meeting as a group and you're informing us of this is what they do this is how we're going to attack it uh so griff will do that for us for eastern washington um you know so it's it's a great thing for us as coaches as assistants to grow and learn um you know the responsibility we have to prepare our guys and get them in the best position to feel like they can win um so it's going to be fun you know i know they attack his own they shot a lot of threes last year against hop um you know and and I'm sure Coach Griff will have a heck of a lot more deep, in-depth <laughs> scouting report next. than I have, yeah. You know, when, when you mentioned Hop and Washington, uh, it brings uh, up a question for me. How much do you watch, if, if you've got common opponents one year to the next or in the same season, how much will you watch them against what Coach Hop is doing oh, out well, there? He's doing what we do. You know, if, if I think one of the great advantages he had leading into their Kansas game last year was they literally the game before they played them, they played our zone. <laughs> you know, so if you watch, they inverted the zone and they took away Graham. You know, they had the they had the opportunity to, to watch. So he was doing the same thing that I would do if he was playing them. You know, it would have been a big advantage if Washington had to go out to Miami and play them. You know, so 
Um, absolutely. You know, th- there's there's one zone I can guarantee in, in college basketball that's going to mimic Syracuse's, and not everyone does. Trust me, I can't even watch other teams play zone sometimes. Um, and it's going to be hops. You know, he knows it. Um, he's coached in it. He's been around it for, for two decades. So, um, absolutely. You know, he he's uh, he's obviously brought what we do out to the Pac-12, and it's worked. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, he, he, along with you guys, in, in that AP Top 25 yep. uh, to start out the season. Uh, Jerry, thanks again for coming out. Always appreciate it. Always uh, always enjoy it. Uh, we will get you ready uh, for the rest of the season. We'll be doing it again with Jerry uh, next week on Wednesday night due to the basketball game on Tuesday night. So the uh, season opener next Tuesday night. Uh, we've got the Alan Griffin Show coming up next. We've got to text Steve. I will text him in the break. We've got to ask what tees Griff plays from. Uh, no, so, no, no, no. <laughs> what color tee? What color t- oh, what, what color, color tee? golf tee does oh, he use when okay. he plays golf? Okay. See, I miss. Yeah. I thought you meant like the, the white tees, the blue tees, that kind of thing. No. All right. We know he tees? plays from the yellow tees, the ladies' <laughs> tees. <laughs> so what color tee? So I'll have to text uh, Steve back in our studios. That's coming up next here on ESPN Radio. We'll be back with you next Wednesday night with more of the Jerry McNamara Show here live at Tully's and on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The Alan Griffin Show coming up next.